How's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run The Real, featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we are back to uh, finish up our 90s horror movie villain category. First, we had Leprechaun. Then we had, uh, who was it? Wishmaster. <laughs> the Wishmaster. <laughs> so anyway, we have another movie villain who has multiple movies. And that movie villain is... Scream Man? Ghostface. I, well, I think the actual character of him is called Ghostface. Yeah. You know, I think you're right, but he's always going to be Scream to me. <laughs> he's got that face. He looks like he's screaming. So yeah, we watched Scream. I guess it was released in 1996. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, 1996. It was directed by uh, Wes Craven, the guy who did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 79% tomato meter, 79% audience score. And IMDb, it has a 7.2 out of 10 user score and a 65 meta score. That's not too shabby. That's pretty good, actually. For a slasher movie in the 90s, not bad. Yeah, yeah, not bad at all. Um, so just quick synopsis, if you haven't seen it or forgot. We have the main character, uh, Sydney Prescott, and this movie takes place about a year after the murder of her mother. And she's terrorized by some kind of new killer, Ghostface, who's targeting uh, Sydney and her friends using like horror movies. <laughs> kind of, I guess. This movie is very meta, yes. So, what, what do you guys think about Scream? You know, I gotta say, my first impression of this movie was, uh, gee, I don't know, I was probably like between 8 and 10 years old, you know, first time going to a sleepover and my friends are like, oh, man, we got this super scary movie, it's so scary, it's terrifying. And then it was Scream, and I was like, what? <laughs> so this was like my introduction to slasher movies at all. <laughs> oh, oh no. So like, I, I didn't get any of the jokes, I was like, this is like, this is, what is this? This is lame. <laughs> so this was, uh, this was an interesting experience now uh 14 to 16 years later <laughs> yeah i bet if you want to get into horror do not start with scream i would say it's yeah <laughs> really leans on the meta stuff the satire of the slasher film genre well and i guess of the horror film genre too so it doesn't make much sense if you're not <laughs> well acquainted with those types of films <laughs> yeah it's a lot better if you're in on the joke yeah <laughs> rather than looking from the outside cannot tell you how much that improves things yeah. this movie is kind of just a big inside joke of like the slasher genre it is but it's also a good slasher film at the same time which is really cool the whole first 12 minutes of the film is a great like slasher movie setup it's awesome <laughs> it's really intense it's creepy it's got everything you'd want. Blood and gore, stabbing people. Yeah, this movie is very intense, I think, if there's one word for it. It might not be, like, scary all the time, but it's certainly almost in your face a little bit. Yeah, it was a lot more intense than I recalled it being. It was a lot gorier as well. Lots of intestines hanging out everywhere. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. It was going to get NC-17, but they had to cut out a lot of the gore. And then I guess one of the producers told the MPAA to look at it as a comedy instead of a horror film. And then they were like, all right, you're fine with the amount of gore you've got in it now. They make a joke about that, don't they, in there somewhere? Oh, we can't do that because we'll get an NC-17 rating. Yeah, I think it's uh, the main character's boyfriend keeps making weird comments about how they're living their life as a PG 
13 TV show or something. And he's like, well, we can't do this or we'd be bumped up to NC-17. I, I know we've talked about like horror movies and um, the different eras of them and how they were kind of different. You know, like you had your slasher movies coming up in the, the 70s and 80s. And you had the weird Leprechaun Wishmaster stuff in the 90s. And then we had the gross stuff in the early 2000s, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake and the Hostel and that kind of stuff. And then right now, I think Demons and Supernatural movies are the big kick of like the 2010s. Oh my God, we just can't get rid of them. <laughs> Blame that. On the stinking found footage film genre. Thank you, Paranormal Activity. Does that have demons? I thought that was ghosts. They're demons. I mean, to be fair, they're both very similar. I mean, I would blame the success of, like, The Conjuring and Insidious more than anything else. Yeah, but they came after the Paranormal Activity movies, and those just, like, went gangbusters. Well, you had stuff like the exorcism of Emily Rose and the last exorcism too before paranormal activities. Yeah, those were good, but they didn't take off like the paranormal activity movies did. I don't know. I feel like Scream as a movie and series tries to be super self-aware that it's, you know, in the horror movie universe and that's its whole thing and charm, but I feel like it's been beaten to death for me. But they kept it going, and now there's like a TV show, which I've never seen, but I don't know if it does the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I wonder if it's a sequel or if it's just a retelling of the first movie. That was uh, an MTV show, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it did okay. Yeah, I thought it was still going. I, I can say I hate the mask that the new killer wears in that is it not the scream mask no it's different because i i've almost watched it because it looked pretty interesting i haven't got around to it because i'm watching so much other stuff but it did look interesting and yeah i think it's doing pretty decent as far as a tv show goes like i have no desire to watch it really but that's just where i'm at with the scream series you know it's it's been beaten to death after watching all the movies and stuff I really like this first one, so I'm interested in what the TV show has. And yeah, even though the sequels aren't as good, they still have their standout moments with Ghostface being such an inept <laughs> killer. <laughs> and then, yeah, the opening of Scream 2 is like awesome. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I absolutely love that opening to Scream 2. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I feel like, I you know, I, I think the meta humor in this movie is funny, but at sometimes it kind of got a little too much. I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. You know, they, they, they winked at me a few too many times, I think, with the insider references. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> let's just <laughs> I can't tell if they're winking or blinking anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're very clever. I get it. You know, it, it, it doesn't hurt it too bad, but I think... I think it does kind of wear on me after a while. Do you think it wears on you more because it's like 2019 as opposed to 1996 when it first came out? Yeah, maybe. Uh, 
I think it might be because I've seen it a few times too, but I, that could be it too. Yeah. <laughs> it's a clever movie, but sometimes I feel like it's almost too clever sometimes, you know, just, okay, let's, let's just focus here for a second. We don't need to use every analogy as a movie reference or something. <laughs> they do hit like every major 80s slasher movie in their jokes. Yeah. So I guess everybody in this universe is a horror expert. Apparently. <laughs> I think they said they like referenced 15 different horror movies, at least, in the IMDb trivia, so that's quite a bit. <laughs> and it, it was funny, yeah, but sometimes I feel like they're just doing it to do it. I feel like that the humor doesn't stand up so great um, the more times you see it. Take a movie, that slapstick movie, like The Naked Gun. I mean, humor is subjective. I know we say this all the time, but like I can watch that movie over and over and just bust up laughing every time I see it. But with this movie, it's like maybe just the humor style of it. It doesn't, you know, when you revisit it, I think that's where you get kind of what you're feeling, Terry. The fatigue, yeah. You get kind of tired of the meta jokes. You're like, all right, we get it. We get it. I think it's hard to, you know, fulfill like a whole comedy thing or a whole horror thing if you're trying to do multiple genres in a single movie as well. Like maybe if it was just straight comedy, it'd be funnier or straight horror, it'd be freakier, but it kind of does that a decent blend. I mean, I think it's both creepy and funny. Yeah, I mean, it does balance it really well. There is some super intense stuff. Whenever he's chasing after somebody, it's usually pretty pretty gripping. But Until he gets hit by the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> that never got old for me. I really do like it when horror villains just get beat up on. <laughs> I think yep. it's really funny. And it kind of uh, hints at the, our killer's like style, too. Kind of. <laughs> Maybe not the most uh, adept at killing people. Nope. <laughs> I, I realize I sound like I'm hating on this movie a lot, but I the first few times I saw Scream, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I like I have the ghost face costume. The ghost face, you know, pop figure. I really enjoyed Screen the first times I watched it, but then I watched it, you know, multiple times after <laughs> through different ways, you know, through sequels and scary movie and all this other stuff. But uh, I think the most fun I had watching it this time was not watching him get beat up, Ghostface. I <laughs> had more fun, you know, quoting Stu with Terry, you know. <laughs> I love Stu. Cut me too deep, man. I'm getting woozy over here. I just love it that he went on to play Shaggy, you know, in the Scooby-Doo movies. He's perfect. Oh, man. Because I just see him as Shaggy in this movie, but like a... An alternate dimension Shaggy without Scoob, you know? <laughs> More bro Shaggy, yeah. Yeah, who's not like stoner. He's he's bro frats Shaggy. <laughs> so, like, that's the most fun I had watching it this time was just, you know, quoting Stu. There's a lot of really good quotes in this film. <laughs> I forgot how many good ones there were. I do like a lot of the characters in this movie, too, which is nice for a horror movie. I think yeah. most of them are pretty relatable. And, you know, even if you don't like them at first, they might grow on you. And there's a couple that, yeah, whatever. But it, it's got a pretty strong cast. It does. Yeah. All the characters are pretty well-rounded and have good character arcs for the main ones anyways. So and they're all likable, too. So that helps out. They're all well acted, I think. Yeah, definitely. Which which is sets the bar pretty high compared to all the competition, especially back in the 90s. Yeah, <laughs> they've already got a leg up on everybody just with that. Something Fox kept bringing up during the movie that I like 
that that '90s nostalgia feel. I know I've been bringing it up every single one of these movies, but uh, <laughs> like it has the '90s soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack! It's got the '90s look. the The boyfriend, I forget. What is his name? Billy. He's got like that Leonardo DiCaprio 90s look going on with his hair. <laughs> he does. Like, I, I appreciate that for the nostalgia aspect, you know. It's got such a great soundtrack. It's like that place where they were still trying to do the 80s synth thing. Get some nostalgia out of that, but they're verging into the whole electric guitar, thriller, late 90s, early 2000s vibe. I don't know. I love it. Yeah, and it is very... Of its time with cellular phones. and <laughs> Why do you have a cellular phone? <laughs> yeah, and calling the police on your computer with internet powers. I don't know what that was, but there's some moments like, yeah, when they find the cellular phone, it's a really big deal for them because nobody had one back then. And <laughs> it's kind of funny watching it now. We're all like, yeah, we all have phones. It's not that suspicious. Come on. What did you guys think? Uh, there being two killers working together as opposed to one. I like that. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, a good twist. I think it's fun. It keeps you guessing, you know, the first time you watch this because they set it up as, it's Billy, but then he was at the, some other place when Ghostface struck, you know, somewhere else. So it keeps you guessing because you, you wouldn't assume that there's two killers. Yeah, it's a it's a good way to throw you off the scent and still be a fair twist, I think. I liked it too. Something neat that it allows them to do in this one is make Ghostface seem more supernatural because he can suddenly just like run all the way around the house instantaneously or get in and out of places where he wasn't at one point. You know, all the classic horror movie staples, but... This one's based in reality, so they're able to get around it by having two killers working together, all dressed up as Ghostface or something. I like, too, how it really keeps you guessing who the actual killer is the entire way through. There's enough evidence for almost all the main cast to make you think, all right, this person's got to be Ghostface, or this person's Ghostface. Everybody does something or says something that makes you suspicious. So it literally keeps you guessing right until the killers actually reveal themselves. Yeah, it, it does. It does a really good job of that because, yeah, watching it this time, I saw a lot of hints. I mean, I knew who the killers were, but it's interesting to see all the different hints they throw out for all these different people. It's a good mystery movie even, yeah, to just figure out who the killers are. So... I asked Terry if he would stab me like Billy stabs <laughs> Stu in this movie. And Terry did not give me a straight answer here. <laughs> this is a, a gotcha journalism. You got me on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, are you going to stab me first? That's the question. Seem <laughs> low and to the left. Isn't that what they say? Or to the right? Yeah. yeah Billy does stab Stu quite a bit, you know? <laughs> it's such a ridiculous scene. Yeah. And that, that just goes back to, yeah, the ineptitude I was hinting at earlier is that they stab each other before they like <laughs> pull out their master plan and it really screws them over in the long run. <laughs> it's a funny ending, I think. 
It's almost kind of a Tarantino ending with everybody, you know, popping up, coming back to life and killing each other back and forth over and over. It's such a long, like, ending. I don't want to say fight, but sequence. It's 42 minutes was when the whole party or whatever last 42 minutes of the film. It's almost half the movie. Might be the best half, though, I think. Yeah, it is good. So I guess here's a question. Why are they... Is it just because they want to be horror movies that they're just going around murdering people willy-nilly? Because it seems very targeted at one specific person. I'm not sure they had a reason to kill anybody else besides the fact that that's just what horror movie people do. That was kind of what they said, wasn't it? So they don't really have a motive. It's just what it's just what happens in a scary movie. And it's scarier if there's no motive. Oh. Well, they say that and then he goes, or maybe it's because. <laughs> and then he gives his real reason. That's true. And you're like, oh, okay. I think it started with he had that the real motive, but then afterwards they're playing it up more for the this is how it works in scary movies so we're gonna do that that's kind of i guess forced by the script quite a bit but it works because it's a satire it's a scary movie i guess you're probably right there's so many references they seem to be using that as a guidebook so it makes sense i guess another small gripe i have with it is the backstory for our main actress. Like, it's interesting and it makes her have some good character development, but I don't think it's developed enough itself. It's all told through, like, just casual conversation. I don't know. I feel like it was just, it wasn't integrated very well. I'd agree that it feels kind of hollow, like a really big life traumatic event and everybody kind of just brushes it off and is like, oh, that's a life event. It's like your birthday party or graduating. I mean, it gives her a good arc, but I don't know. It just feels like the way they they approach it every single time, you know, talking about it feels very well, here this is, by the way, just so you know. Well, it was a year in the past too. I guess that's kind of why it didn't bug me. And the boyfriend, Billy, kind of brings that up, too, when they have their confrontation at school. He's like, it happened a year ago. You've got to move on and stuff. So it, it feels more like, yeah, everybody else has moved on, but Sydney hasn't moved on yet. That's most of her character arc. Which I think it's a good arc. I feel like they could have approached the backstory a little bit better. It seems like something that would be hard to uh, move on from. Yeah, definitely. I'm not, I'm not saying. No, I see yeah, all of her friends but... are there. All of her friends are like, just get over it already. <laughs> like, man, that's... <laughs> I don't know. That's some pretty brutal stuff. <laughs> like, it gives us more character development than... Almost most horror movies do, so I can't complain too much. <laughs> it is my least favorite like plot point, I guess. I don't know. It does feel kind of weak to me. There's another cool part I liked. The house party when um, I think we're following Deputy Dewey through the house. We're following somebody through the house and Halloween's playing in the background. So we just hear the Halloween music, like the classic songs mm, from there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was nice. I was like, ah, oh, some classic John Carpenter <laughs> music. This, this will do. Yeah, that was good. There's some pretty cool sequences with like that where, you know, the, the horror movie buff is staring at the TV saying, look behind you, look behind you. And <laughs> he should be looking behind himself. You know, that whole house sequence, I think is really good. And Pretty funny and intense at the same time. It marries the two concepts perfectly, I think. Hmm. So I guess are we ready for overall presentation? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's get in on it. All right, what's our scale, Terry? So our scale is from lowest to highest. We've got burn it, we've got pass, we've got watch it, and we've got buy it. In that order. So there you go. That's how we do it here. So Scream, I mean, it's iconic. 
It's an iconic movie. First few times I watched it, I really enjoyed it. But like I said earlier, it's it's kind of soured on me because I've seen this story so much and it's the same thing. Like all the sequels are the same thing and it's just they're beating the joke to death over and over. But going off of the first few times I saw Scream, loved it. It's fun and it makes fun of horror movies, you know. It's, it's very meta. It's iconic. I got to give it a watch it. All right. Yeah. You know, I definitely would agree with uh, Mad Mike. It's it's an icon, you know. They have tons of Scream merch out there. It's insane. It's become quite the franchise. Uh, I've only seen the second one many years ago, so I can't speak to the rest of it. You know, I saw this one years ago, and I thought it was lame, and I've always kind of carried that, especially after seeing Scary Movie, which really just makes some minor changes to make fun of it. But this was a blast this time around. I had a great time. I gotta say, I... I I think I would even give it a buy it, you know, just considering how much fun I had and kind of the icon status. This is one that I would keep around in my collection for years to come. Yeah, this movie is very interesting. It's such a fun satire on the horror genre on its own while still being a really good horror movie, which is pretty impressive. Um, we've got really good characters, really likable characters, some actual arcs, which is pretty cool. The killer's pretty fun. Watching him run around, he gets beat up a lot, which is great. That's one of my favorite things in horror movies. Um, yeah, I do have some nitpicks, though, with, you know, maybe the backstory could have been fleshed out a bit better. The humor does kind of get on my nerves after a little bit with all the meta stuff, but it's not enough really to hurt it overall. I think it's just because I've seen it several times already. I'm going to give it a buy it, I think. I mean, I do own it already, just (laughs) saying. And I think it is a really good slasher movie on its own. Like if you took out all the horror like jokes and stuff, I think it would still be awesome. So yeah, I'm going to give it a buy it. That's a really good blend of comedy and horror. Yeah, what all these guys said. Excellent slasher film. Excellent satire. I really like satires and stuff, so I might be a little biased in that regard. But yeah, it does those two things really well. It meshes them together really well, too, which is really hard to do. A lot of people can't get that to work. But Wes Craven gets it to work in this one. All the characters are great. Music's great. Effects are great. It's funny pretty much every time I watch it. I do agree that this one's not one you would want to watch all the time. It's best to let it rest a little bit so you forget some of the in-jokes and meta-humor. That way it's funny again the next time you watch it, but it doesn't detract from the quality of the movie any, in my opinion. So I'm going to give it a buy it. Oh, wow. Three bites and a watch it. Not bad. That's a good ending to our 90s series. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, not bad. Do we know what we want to do for next week? Or like for our next category even? Um, Yeah, let's do a roast night. Ooh, it's been so long. Yeah, last time we planned a roast, it turned into a very positive experience. (laughs) We're such wholesome people. That's what they say about us. (laughs) I I honestly have a feeling this might be the same way, but we'll see. Yeah, so we're going to try and roast, or I don't know, we'll see if we like it or not. Troll 2. It's a classic bad movie. It's near and dear to a lot of people's hearts because of that. So Yeah, like we said roast and Dan said troll 2. 
I'm just looking at the reviews here on Amazon Prime, and it's got a four out of five stars, 535 <laughs> customer reviews. The most helpful reviews are all both five stars. One is Troll 2, Spiritual Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> so You're in for a treat. And if you listeners out there have any recommendations or categories or just want to let us know what you think about Scream or any other movies we covered, you can let us know at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at runthereal or on Facebook. Just hit us up. Yeah, follow us on social media. Sometimes we have polls. Sometimes we have questions we ask. You know, try to talk with the, the listeners a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Reach out to us. Let us know. What do you think? Give us a request. All right. Well, thanks for listening to us tonight. We really appreciate it. This is Run The Real, signing off.